This episode of Unconventional Engineering is powered by Twinify, the digital twin solution built to unlock the value of your data. Hello, everyone. I'm Caitlin Kulba, and along with my co-host, Tom Costabile, ASME Executive Director and CEO, we're excited to bring you another installment of ASME's Unconventional Engineering Podcast. Hey, Tom, how are you doing? Good, Caitlin. How are you? Today, I'm actually on the road doing this podcast, so wow. very much... Yeah, I very much appreciate you stepping in and picking up the slack for me, but uh, that's what a, a fellow Jasper does at, at Manhattan College. So thanks again, Always. If you hear a loud noise, that may be the car crashing. No, just kidding. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, Tom. Caitlin, as you know, there are many topics our show has covered in the past, and one common theme has been how the engineering field can continue to diversify and accommodate those whose contributions are so essential to solving world problems. Our guest has done just that. Not only has she turned the world of women's workwear on its head, but she's also sought to introduce a number of green initiatives into the manufacturing space. So ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure, and I ask you to please welcome Anna Kraft, founder and CEO of Zena Workwear. Anna, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, it's, it's a pleasure. You know, I've, we've had, Caitlin and I have had the opportunity to get to know you over the past few months. And I've been looking forward to this conversation. So why don't we start out? What I really would like you to do is to, for the audience, is just understand that you're where you're originally from and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So the short answer is always I'm from Germany and moved here eight years ago. But if if you want the full story, I was actually born in Kazakhstan, a country bordering Russia, China, and a bunch of other countries in the South. And I lived there until the age of 10, really loved Growing up there, uh, but one one issue I discovered early on is that men and women don't necessarily have the same opportunities. Early on, I started to become passionate about uh, women and helping women succeed. When I moved to Germany, I, it was a culture shock to me, but in a positive way. So women in leadership roles, the women in engineering, and it was always really important to me to find a job that would be incredibly interesting, would allow me to have a positive impact in the world and allow me to be financially independent. And engineering was the perfect path for that. So I studied international project engineering. It's a very unique pro program that was developed in Southern Germany around the automotive industry. And through the program, I came to the U.S. first for an internship, and then I moved here for work. And uh, yeah, engineering allowed me to... Um, with engineering can go to any field you want. It's just so fascinating, opens so many different doors. And I actually decided at some point to start a company um, called Xena Workwear because I was so frustrated with the safety boots. And the, the whole story behind the boots is I, I had to dress professionally in the, those really important meetings. And then as soon as those wrapped up, one of the guys would typically say, let's go out on the shop floor. And I had to hold up the whole room and say, wait, guys, I have to run back to my desk and put on my PPE. I had multiple pairs of boots under my desk and none of them fit. They were so uncomfortable. And when I did more research, I found out about the whole shrink it and pink it approach that is often applied by traditional companies. And I thought that women deserve something better. They deserve something that fits our bodies and allows us to feel confident. So that's how Xena was started four years ago. Fantastic. I love that story. That's absolutely incredible, Anna. I can see where your interests from engineering came from, but would you say there's a particular story that really stood out to you as you look back on your life as to what really brought you into engineering? 
I think one thing that in, inspired me to get into engineering was renewable energies at that time in Germany. Everyone would talk, would, was talking about renewables. Um, I never actually worked in that space, but that's something that inspired me to get into engineering. And initially, I could have picked a program that was all electrical engineering, but decided to go for this international project engineering program because it had a portion, it was over 50% engineering and had a huge part portion of project management, some languages, intercultural competencies where you learn about how different countries operate. So I thought if I'll be really bad on the engineering side, I still have these other <laughs> subjects that that can help me get good grades. But um, what, what happened was I really loved the engineering part. The, the rest seemed to be more boring and I loved uh, thermal and fluid dynamics, um, material science was my absolute favorite, electrical engineering. So basically decided to get into it through renewables, but actually never ended up working in that, that space. Uh, when I moved to the U.S., I started working for a really cool client called Caterpillar that everyone knows. So that was really fun. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that with us. That's great. So Talk a little bit more about your early career and your introduction into the manufacturing spaces. My first internship was at the German steel cutting tool facility. Be before that, I did a short, shorter internship in, in Germany. We worked, um, it, it was a solar company. They had solar panels, but the more interesting part was uh, parabolic reflectors where you have mirrors that focus sunlight in the center where you have a tube with fluid. It could be oil or another fluid that would heat up and generate electricity that would generate heat and then electricity that was really interesting to see. But then when I had to go abroad for my first internship, I applied over all over the world. We were not allowed to stay in Germany, Austria, or Switzerland. We had to go somewhere where you could not, would not speak German. So I applied in so many different countries and the most interesting offer came from Waukesha, Wisconsin. And I thought, where the hell is Waukesha? I have to <laughs> I have to look it up on the map and um, decided to go for it. It's um, a beautiful town in Wisconsin. Um, it, it was a German steel cutting tool facility. And that was the, my first introduction into um, first quality assurance and then I did a little bit of EHS. We developed uh, safety gloves plans for for the people on the shop floor. And then when I wrote my thesis, I decided to focus on heat treatment of steel, specifically induction hardening. That was so fascinating how um, heating up a, a material steel and cooling it down, the speed of cooling it down can change the structure and properties. And that was my first first experience in engineering. And, then you, and I'm glad you chose an easy topic to discuss the research. <laughs> I was just going to say that just quite the first experience in engineering. Um, and although you had quite that first experience, um, it seems like you didn't really get into much with designing footwear, nor with like starting up your own firm. So when you started getting into that and designing and creating your own design for shoe wear and for your firm, what were some hurdles that you faced? So initially, I decided to do research and figure out, is there a real need? And started writing a business plan. And then I had to learn everything possible about American safety standards, in this case, ESTM. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of testing that the shoes have to go through. So it took us 
over six rounds of prototypes until I was happy with the <laughs> with the fit. But then you have to send it into an independent lab to get it tested for impact compression, slip resistance, electric hazard. Um, then there's static dissipative certification, which means that the uh, boots help conduct static charge from the body through the boots to the ground, which is often used in uh, facilities with flammable materials or sensitive microchips. So you, again, the engineering degree learned uh, taught me how to find a solution to a problem and helped me understand how the tests work and the material science component helped me troubleshoot problems with our manufacturer when, when something came up. Um, I did, and one one thing that taught me that you can start a company without necessarily having a background in that field is listening to a lot of different po business podcasts. Uh, the U.S. is the perfect country to start a company. You have so many people who have launched companies without necessarily having uh, the perfect background for it, but it's the country of opportunities and you find the right support network to make it happen. When you were in, in this process, were you working with any creative uh, individuals or was it mostly all technical teams? So for the product design part, I kind of created a few sketches, but then I worked with a professional designer who created a tech pack that, that we then handed over to our manufacturer. On the creative side, you need, for brand development, you need creative people. So I my first team member I was able to hire is a marketing marketing expert who understands um, how to build a brand we had to design a logo come up with our company values and i had friends who helped me with that part as well so it, i think it's a combination of technical skills and creative skills to to build a brand from scratch i've spent a lifetime with startups both for the large corporations as well as for myself so I've been, always been intrigued about, you know, the, the technical side, as you say, that's, I'm blessed because that's easy for me to understand. And then it's the, the creativity. And then, you know, what is the, what is the problem? What is the solution? Is it the creative person or is it the technical person? And when you get to that balance, that's how you have a successful startup. I was thinking recently about this, Anna, with our meeting coming up and Growing up, I always used to think, I'm not creative. I'm not creative. Like, I can't think about a design. And I started to realize you become creative when you're passionate about something. So you found something that drove that inside of you. You wanted those boots that worked well for you and for the woman around you. And you made a solution. And I really admire that. And and you bring up a good point. I, I agree with you that passion, when you're passionate about something, that's the main driver to, to find a solution. And people find passion in two different ways. One way to find it is to think about the things that bring you joy and energize you and things that that are easy and are just fun to do. The other way to find your passion, and this is how I find mine, is to think about all the things that frustrate you in the world that make you really upset. And to me, that's just fuel for action. When when I get very passionate about a topic, they are frustrated about the topic. Um, I typically complain about it for a while until I decide that's enough. Like I, I want to do something about it, see an impact and make a small difference in people's lives. It's crazy. So <clears throat> I remember you telling me that in the startup days, you did everything, including uh, delivery and what have you. 
Yeah. In the beginning, you have to be scrappy when you start a company. So we bootstrapped the design of the first product. We launched just one product in two colors to see if there was a real product market fit. Because in the beginning, everyone will tell you this is an amazing idea. You should definitely do this. But until people are willing to swipe their credit card and pay for it, you don't know if you have a real product market fit. So we uh, had enough money to launch the company with just one product but we didn't have enough money to have a whole warehouse team or even rent a warehousing facility so we we had this truck showing up at our house um bringing the products from mexico and we thought that we could allocate our guest bedroom and store everything in the guest bedroom and ship it from there we completely underestimated the amount of space we needed and our whole house like seriously the living room our dining room, the guest bedroom were filled with shoe boxes from the bottom to the ceiling. And we, we lived this way for um, over over six months. And we were shipping from our dining room table, packaging boxes and printing labels and then driving packages to the post office and UPS. And I remember we would would always be late showing up at the post office 15 minutes before close and they would be sometimes so upset at us they're like oh, guys you have you have to show up sooner <laughs> <But> like <laughs> showing up with all these boxes so it was it was a really interesting journey but you learn um you learn a lot during that process and in the beginning i even hand delivered a lot of the products to our customers because i wanted to make sure they get the perfect fit so if anyone lived at that time we lived in milwaukee anyone needed a pair of boots and like i'll meet you at a coffee shop i'll bring you these two to three shoe sizes and regular and wide widths i want to make sure you get the perfect fit and this is how i met some of our best brand ambassadors we're still i'm friends with so many of our of our customers who i met um in the very beginning and hand delivered the products too I was at that stage too during COVID. I created my own business. Um, I did a baking business when I was home from school and I was at my parents' house on Long Island shipping orders to Florida, to family and friends, to Westchester, to professors and people I knew from school. So I, I remember those days of like baking all day and then cutting up my brownies, packaging them, <laughs> dropping them off at my friends' houses or whoever was buying them. And it came to me one night like two days before Easter, I was like, well, it's Easter and it's COVID and people want sweets. So I just created a, a little post and had an Instagram account. It was it was a lot of fun. In my world, hearing you all talk about your your experience here in your startup as, as, the, uh, as the chief everything officer in your company, you've really put a new meaning to the CEO title. So, and that's been my experience with startups is that you really are the chief everything officer. And then this is the successful companies bring in other people to, to fill these roles. And I'm convinced you've, you've done that. So congratulations. But you, you also need to talk a little bit about your experience. I love the story when you were in 2000, it was 2019, uh, the young lady from GE uh, that needed a pair of shoes. Uh, and you also hand delivered those shoes, as I remember you telling us. So. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I totally forgot about um, that. I shared that story with you guys. It was, um, it was my first shoe delivery. We had, um, I, I posted on LinkedIn that we were getting ready to launch and got so many, so many amazing comments from women all over the country who were excited about the launch. And then I get an email from this young, young woman who told me that she was about to start a new job at GE Healthcare. 
and she des- she had broken her shoulder and she needed a pair of safety boots to start her job. But because she had a broken <laughs> broken shoulder, she needed a zipper zip up uh, boot instead of a lace up. So we um, we figured out the day she would fly into Milwaukee. She shared with us the contact information, uh, her flight info, but she didn't expect us to show up at the airport. We, I didn't know how she looked. I just wrote down her name, was waiting with a pair of boots, <laughs> and then <laughs> she showed up. And she was she was so happy to get this delivery. It was it was a really cool experience and. She since then she bought multiple pairs of our shoes. I think she has every model by now, and she was one of our biggest supporters at GE. Every time we got a new order, they're like, "Yeah, Jenny is wearing your boots all the time." She told us about the delivery at the airport. Um, We're we're getting a pair as well. So that that was amazing. The majority of our boots initially were designed for women in the manufacturing space, and over time, we expanded our product line to include more models that work in manufacturing and construction and our new development that will come out this fall will be perfect for the more heavy duty work in in construction and all women in trades. I was just going to ask you what the what's on the horizon so it seems like you can read my mind. <laughs> exactly, we're working on we just launched a new safety vest that is designed designed to fit women. Um, and are working on new safety shoe models. One will come out this fall, another one in Q1. There's a lot happening, and we can't wait to release new new products and serve our customers and across industries. It's fantastic. Well, Anna, this has been a very amazing talk. It's been very inspiring to hear your story. As our show comes to a close, I'd like to thank my co-host, Tom Costabel, and our guest, Anna Croft. It's been a fascinating discussion. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed the chat with you both and can't wait to meet you both in in person at the next conference. It's been a pure pleasure. There's more of this to come. I also want to thank our audience uh, for joining us today. And and please don't forget, if you ever want to provide feedback or suggest a future topic, please contact our unconventional engineering production team or email us directly at media at asme.org. And if you're interested in becoming an ASME member, log on to asme.org or If you're interested in donating to the ASME Foundation, take a look at asmefoundation.org. Again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. I look forward to uh, to more podcasts. Caitlin, thank you. Anna, thank you. Enjoy your day.